this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Editor-in-Chief of ACG's magazine, Middle Market Growth. Today's episode is brought to you by QBE North America, part of QBE Insurance Group Limited, one of the largest insurers and reinsurers worldwide. QBE operates out of 27 countries around the globe with a presence in every key insurance market. I'm joined today by Tom Fitzgerald, president of QBE's Specialty and Commercial Business Unit, which offers a range of insurance types to help companies in the middle market manage risk. QBE recently commissioned a survey to better understand the risks and concerns that business leaders are focused on today. And Tom joins me to talk about some of the key findings in what will be the first of three podcast episodes digging into the topic of risk in the middle market. Tom, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the motivation behind the survey itself. Why do this survey now? What was QBE looking to learn? The world of risk is an ever-evolving set of, of unique circumstances. And clearly sitting here in a global pandemic, there's a lot of things that continue to evolve from a risk perspective that, that become very meaningful to, uh, to middle market organizations. You know, we commissioned the study to better understand what risk middle market companies worry about and, and where they feel their needs are, are not being met. In the world of insurance, all too often, organizations are sort of lumped together regardless of size. And we personally believe that middle market organizations um, have a very unique set of, of risk characteristics and want to be certain that we're addressing those very specifically. You know, we, we partnered with, with the Association for Corporate Growth and evaluated over 300 middle market executives to help us describe what the risk landscape looks for those, for those organizations. And I would tell you that they were very forthcoming. Uh, they provided tremendous insights and they did exactly as we would have thought, right? They truly were differentiated when compared to super small organizations or SME organizations and, and, and versus those organizations that may sit in the Fortune 500. So I would say that the survey itself confirmed some of our beliefs and, and we, we now have a, a set of facts to work from. And according to the survey responses, what are the most concerning macro risks for middle market businesses today? Well, as you can probably imagine, right, living through a global pandemic, everybody is really interested about, about the implications on their business in such an environment. And so the things that sort of spiked towards the top were clearly around financial risk, you know, sort of how do they operate, you know, in, a, in an environment where many of our organizations are work from home. Uh, how do we work in an environment where, where capital markets may be, may be different uh, than they had experienced in the past? Sort of what are the implications on their employees? And to sort of push that a little bit further, right? So as you think about things like working from home, you know, this concept of digital risk and sort of how does that find its way into your organization in different ways, you know, certainly found its way to, uh, to top of mind. But I really do think that, that it's a complicated set of circumstances when you're, we're living through an unprecedented situation like COVID-19 and organizations are focused on things that include, you know, their supply chain, how do they get products to market, sort of how are their customers going to change the way they have historically bought products, right? And I just think that the whole, the whole game of evaluating risk today is slightly more complicated than, than what they had experienced in the past. And it seems like some of the risks that you mentioned could be of greater concern than others, depending on what industry a business operates in. Based on the what you saw from the survey, was that the case? Does this depend on the industry? 
Working in, in conjunction with the Association for Corporate Growth, right? We, we went to over 300 decision makers and middle market companies in an effort to just get under the hood on that very question. So sort of like, what are the, what are the things that hospitality is concerned about? Or what are things like um, financial institutions concerned about? And I would just simply say that at, a, at the highest level, at the most macro level, they're very much the same, right? People are concerned about their employees. They're concerned about what is the economy going to do? They're concerned about about sort of what does the next 12 months look like, either with a, um, uh, a vaccine or without. And so I'd say that it doesn't differentiate at the very top of the house. But as you begin to dive into individual industries and press that question a little bit further, the answer is yes. The, the, the risk characteristics continue to evolve, right? So hospitality is going to be very much different than than organizations that operate in um, as a financial institution, as an example. And the reason being is, is that they've been forced to do different mitigation efforts, right? And so many hospitality workers have been laid off, right? And so those organizations are faced with a very unique set of circumstances as they, as they come back online. Versus that of, say, a financial institution that has sort of figured out how to work, you know, through risk mitigation, such as masks or potentially uh, bank tellers that uh, that really the drive-through is the only thing open um, in an effort to sort of maintain and, and drive their business. And you mentioned hospitality workers specifically in, in the layoffs in, in that industry. You know, we've seen a ton of job loss across industries, not just hospitality throughout the, the COVID crisis. So I wonder if you can talk about some of the risks as it relates to rehiring and, and some of the pitfalls that businesses should be wary of there. It's something that you mentioned to me as we were batting ideas around for this conversation. So I was hoping you could say more about that and, and why this is an area that companies should really be thinking about. Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and as we worked with organizations that were going through a significant downsizing um, as a result of the economy uh, effectively shutting down, and you can think about hotels, you can think about restaurants or amusement parks, right? Effectively, these organizations were faced with a, a circumstance that required them to effectively let all of their people go in mass, right? And so while organizations have process and protocols to ensure there's no discriminatory actions associated with uh, the reduction of a workforce, in this case, everybody was, was let go. So there was very little uh, discrimination alleged, right? And as a result of that, you know, we have not seen a spike in employment-related practices claims. We've been working with many of our insureds as, as they move back into the environment of hiring people to remain very sensitive to the, um, the concept of, of thoughtful hiring, diverse candidate slates, and, and ultimately trying to be certain that as they drive scale through the hiring process, they don't relax the standards by which the organization subscribes around diversity and inclusion. And so it's a very sensitive topic. It's, it's effectively unprecedented in terms of the number of people that may be coming back into the workforce as a result of, say, a vaccine or, or a, a change in, in the current landscape of the economy. And so we see it as a material risk and a material opportunity to, to, uh, to be problematic if not done thoughtfully. Added to that, you know, this year there was the the Supreme Court ruling around discrimination on an LGBTQ basis. Um, what should companies be thinking about in terms of legal updates? Yeah, they just need to be sure that their hiring practices reflect the changes while remaining vigilant on pre-existing dimensions such as race, color, sex, disabilities, and and more. Right? Again, 
I certainly believe that, that the organizations that we work with have very acute policies around all of this stuff. What we're trying to guard against very specifically is, is that as you hire at scale, as organizations open up, that they're very attentive to, uh, to the rules and the obligations, but also the policies that they have in place. Mm-hmm. And I think for some organizations, the rehiring piece will be coming a little bit further down the line. But right now, one of the immediate concerns is employee safety. Can you speak to some of the risks there uh, posed by safety concerns related to the pandemic? Yeah, so as you think about uh, organizations moving rather dramatically and at speed, to, uh, to a work from home environment. And, and I, I gotta say that, you know, as we as at QBE were, were sort of ready for the ability to work from home, many were not. And I think that um, there's two complications that are worth calling out. The first one is, is that most organizations had a view that, that the work from home protocols would be in place for a short period of time. You could pick it, two weeks, a month, six weeks, maybe at the most, two months. And here we find ourselves now in a work from home environment for for more than six with many organizations suggesting that a return to the workplace won't happen for at least another picket, six months or a year. And I think as a result of that, many organizations did not pay particular attention to how their employees were working. And what I mean by that is, is that you know, you show up on a, on a Zoom call or a Teams call and you see your colleague working from their couch, right, with their laptop on their lap. That is not a sustainable approach to a workstation, right? And so working with organizations to create an environment by which their employees are safe in terms of the way that they are working, and that could be having a desk or, or appropriate <clears throat> computer monitor set up, all the way down to sort of how long they intend to do it, um, I think are the two things that, that we're most focused on. And why I, why I get to the concept of how long they're going to do it, I think there is a real gravitational pull in today's market around will all employees actually return to the office. And I do think that businesses have been able to prove that working from home is and can be as effective, if not more effective, based upon commute times and the like, than trying to travel to the office. And so I think organizations will evaluate how long people will have to work from home and make those investments in in the office products and sort of the workstation setup required for sustainable work at home over a long period of time. And beyond the risk factors themselves, QBE survey also explored the challenges that middle market companies face in managing their risk exposure. What did their responses reveal about their unmet needs? I mean, not surprisingly, you know, 58% of those surveyed again, mid-sized organizations, you know, reported having unmet uh, risk and exposures related to their organizations. You know, likely due to COVID um, and not surprising, the one that sort of spiked out to the top was this concept of crisis management being the most unmet need. And, and while we sort of reflect upon crisis management not necessarily being an insurance product, but, but one of the characteristics of risk that, that is faced by a middle market organization, it's not, it's not too surprising that this has found its way to the top of the list. As organizations have had to deal with, with working with their employees, right? Hey, how do we communicate with them now that everybody is remote and the office is closed? All the way down to how do we communicate with our customers? How do we engage with our supply chain? Right, all of this, this sort of falls under the umbrella of crisis management and probably more along the lines of crisis management communication. 
And so we find that to be to be sort of, I guess, obvious on the surface and, and, and really an opportunity for us to work with our loss control and safety teams around, hey, if this happens, how do you communicate? And I really do think that, that COVID-19 has brought that to the forefront. And then I think the, the second one that, that sort of spiked out that, that we found of interest was this concept of customized advice. Middle market organizations have this feeling that they're all sort of lumped together as, as sort of a broad industry of quote unquote middle market organizations. And certainly risk characteristics vary by, by industry, vary by geography, vary by, you know, the types and kinds of products and services that you actually put into, into the stream of commerce. And so, you know, how do we think about unpacking organizations in a very industry or geographic type of approach to, uh, to evaluate risk and ultimately to, uh, to reduce volatility that these organizations find? Let's close by talking about some of the key takeaways from the survey for organizations that work with mid-sized businesses. What are the opportunities to support middle market companies right now, and how is QBE thinking about them? Yeah, so it's a that's an interesting question, right? And so, you know, certainly COVID has has brought forth a uh, a number of questions around how do policies respond to a global pandemic, and so I think that there's a lot of questions about about how can pandemic insurance or how can, can policies be extended to, to cover things like global pandemics and, and the resulting business impact. And so I know the industry is at, at, at work and, and certainly we're evaluating opportunities to think through that particular risk characteristic that, that really was unthought of, if you will, but then ultimately unmet in terms of uh, the response from the industry for good reason, for sure. But, but those questions are out there. I think the second, you know, that, that we sort of think through with customers is, is that they're limited by what they know. And, and again, in the middle market, you could talk about a client who has tremendously positive loss experience. And as you have a discussion with, with the leadership of that organization, I think one of the challenges that they have is they don't know what they, what they haven't experienced, right? And so someone may be in a in a convective storm um, prone area, but have never experienced a tornado, right? And so how do you think about preparing your location for, for, the, for the, the small probability that it may be impacted by a tornado? And so I think there's, there's the challenge on, hey, look, it's never happened to me, so it's likely not, hap- not able to happen to me. And, and that's, that's a, bit of a, a bit of a naive approach. But again, for good reason, they've, they've never experienced it. And then I think the second piece of that is, is that, as you contemplate becoming more ready for things that could potentially go wrong, sort of how do you fund that, right? And I do think that there's a, an opportunity for the insurance company and the client to work together on, hey, if you make an investment in, in tie downs for your roof, as an example, um, you know, to prevent, you know, catastrophic damage in the event of a tornado, you know, what is the offsetting premium opportunities as we think about, about insuring that property? And so I do think it's a, it's a, it's a team game and, and one that, that we work very consistently and collaboratively with our insureds on ensuring that, that the right protections are in place for what could happen and ultimately then tailor an insurance product and program to meet their needs. Well, we'll leave it there for today, but I look forward to digging further into the report in our two upcoming podcast episodes with QBE and continuing to explore these topics of risk. Tom, thanks for your time today and for walking through these findings. Thank you very much for your time.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. Subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Google Play, where you can listen to past episodes and hear the next episode in two weeks. While you're there, we'd love if you could rate the show and leave a review to help other listeners find out about us. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the podcast, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Please email them to editor at acg.org. I'd also encourage you to check out our website, middlemarketgrowth.org, for more content covering the middle market, private capital investment, and trends in middle market M&A.